Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, you have clicked play on part two of our lovely chat with Yota Motolenghi. If you haven't heard part one, go back to the feed, click on part one, listen to that first, and then head over here again for part two. Here it is. It's part two. There was some article a while ago, I can't remember where, who, why, how, but it was talking about queer culture and food. And is there, people talk a lot about the politics of food, for example, but Mm -hmm. do you think there is queer food culture or LGBT food culture? Um, It's really difficult. I think much more now with social media, there's this ability to really express yourself uh, through, you know, visually. Mm. And that becomes uh, a way so that you do have particularly queer representations of cooking on social media with, you know, there's a lot of cakes being made by uh, mm. by queer people. And that's always, present, always, present, always presented as a kind of the sidekick of the real world, which is savory cooking. Yeah. Uh, Interesting, yeah. And, uh, and there, there's a lot of that. There's also those, I think, like going back to what we talked about, uh, kitchens that have a head chef or team that is that is queer or has someone at the top have a very different work culture, and that you could see mm. that through different perspectives. And yeah, I, I do think it's a very. I think what you said there is something much more gentle. There's much. It's much more about bringing yourself out than kind of adhering to a perceived view of what this industry is about. How we cook, what mm. we cook. It's it's a much less prescribed way of of looking in looking into it. And also is there something about family in there? That that you know, the the queer idea of family is just as much friends and people you pull together around that table. That is totally true. And I th- I, I see that in 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 queer businesses and my ours. So um w- that in a sense the main figure in our company, Sammy Noam Cornelia who've come from Switzerland and myself. First of all, we've we've all arrived here late in our lives as immigrants, and so we, we're not off that place, so we don't have our families mm. uh, around. None of us, mm. and I've, I really feel that we have created like an alternative family. It's less true now with all the people that we 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 employ, but I think it still has that to a certain degree. But definitely, in the first few years, this was, and I guess, and, and definitely still is. My family, like we, I would never really bar, bother kind of going home because I, there was no. <laughs> I mean, you know, Carl uh, and I were. I've been with Carl since we opened Otolengi, but uh, he was traveling a lot. And but I would, I would just love it. I love being there, and that's that. I think creating a family through a business mm. is definitely something that I I see a lot in yeah in the world. And you have been very kind to give me and my husband William advice on having kids. Yeah. Um, via surrogacy which we're doing you are you're on the way there we are and it's all going well 
touch wood. I just knocked on wood. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's um, very important. I'm saying that also because it's never, it's always a bumpy ride. And no matter yes. how smooth it is, it's always bumpy because it's nature and it's very difficult to control. You were in an early phase of that when you had your first child via surrogacy. And it's amazing how much it's changed. How does that feel now to see? Because there really was no path when you started. Um, in in Britain, I mean, other places, mm. America was quite different. So, um, I, and also Israel, where I come from, there were many more uh, queer families, uh, still more than you find in the UK. Mm. Um, I, I still haven't figured out exactly what the reason is, is for, for it. But in Britain, I found it really difficult to have a kind of a community to, to do this with kind of mm. a supporting family that would explain to me, oh, that's how we've done it, or these are yeah. the options. Or So I it did feel quite lonely, that process. I've written quite extensively about it in The Guardian mm. uh, after Max was born, about this the whole journey. Um, because initially, I was really into having children, and Carl was not. So I, I really wanted kids from a young age. I, I had a really good kind of experience of childhood and family and I wanted to create that for myself as a, as a grown-up person and Carl was not sh- quite sure and so we we, we, we wanted to co-parent so uh, we got together we, we had two attempts at co-parenting with women and it, it was only after those failed for different mm-hmm. reasons one of them for incompatibility and the other because just physically it didn't work mm. uh, that we decided to go down the surrogacy route and it was it was it was just very hard to do here uh so we had to do it in america and it was expensive and so this this was a very particular route but i thought i I want to tell this story because i I, at first i thought like um as a way a lot of gay people of my generation go there's private and there's public and we don't want to mix that up. And I said that yeah. to myself, you know, people don't need to know about my private thing that I'm having a child. Uh, but then Carl said to me, I think actually people do need to know because you are a public figure. And if you choose to not talk about it, then that is also an act, an active thing, even though mm. it's withholding. Uh, and, and it's, it will be a, a great thing to tell because many people might want to have children and if you choose not to it's almost like you're saying there's something wrong about this that i'm keeping it private and he was absolutely right because when i put it out there and i wrote it first it made me feel great Mm. because i just felt like it's it's a it's a really good story because i i know i I understood a lot of things about myself i understood first of all that those attempted co-parenting was were like at that stage, we're actually me thinking that I'm not going to be, Carl and I are not going to be enough parents right. if there wasn't a mom. Interesting. And that was kind of a journey of discovery that actually we can be. I think Carl did, went on a journey and I went on a journey mm-hmm. where he realized that he actually wants to be a parent, wants to be a dad. And my journey is that we don't have to have a mom mm-hmm. for our kids to have a really good childhood. And and then we were ready, but it took quite a few years. So I was very happy to tell that story because I thought maybe a lot of people would feel sim- similar, have similar experience. It's an enormous help that you did it. And it's, and you know, uh, uh, I included and very grateful that you did. And I think also what's interesting is that idea of feeling like it won't be enough unless they have a mum. And I think for me, I feel really strongly like 
there's masculinity and femininity and all things in between on planet Earth. But I feel really strongly that masculinity does not have to come from men and femininity does not have to come from women or anyone who defines as anything in between. Yeah. You can provide all of that in a way that rejects that. I suppose in a way that's, you know, slightly, I wonder for you, have you ever felt like you've rejected some of the norms of parenting in the way that you have done with cooking? Um, I think very much so. So we, we a, a bit like in the spirit of how the company runs. So the, the kids have a godmother who is our one of our business partners and they are very attached to her. And I think it wasn't really, I never had in the back of my mind, I mean, having her as a um, substitute for a mom, it's just a natural relationship between her and the kids the kids that evolved over time mm. and her and her husband have them for sleepover every week on a Friday mm. and Carl and I get a night for a night for ourselves. And this evolved really naturally. And I feel, I felt it's, and they have an, a kind of a second home in a sense, which is different to ours and mm. they bring different things there and they, it gives them the freedom to be something a little bit different there than they are here. And I hear that they do things and behave in a particular way there. Well, <laughs> then they do at home. And I, I love that. That's funny. Uh, about, about them. And yeah, and it's non-traditional to, you know, to be farming out, out your kids every Friday to a different family, but it's also a great way for us to, um, to do it because it's rich yeah. and it enriches them and it enriches us. And, and we are, we are, we're loving it. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> and you get a night off once a and week. We get which a quite night frankly, off. <laughs> not many parents out there, I imagine, no. who wouldn't endorse. There's a lot that. of when we tell that at Schoolgate. There's a lot of jealous parents. Says, we really want that deal, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what I find really interesting about doing it in 2021? Or you know, is that the thing I navigate a lot when I tell people I'm having a kid, and I think this is slightly new. People sort of talk about it being heteronormative. Oh, why would you want to do that? Like, I've had that conversation quite a lot. Mm -hmm. And that comes from the LGBT community as much as from my parents' friends, you know, who yeah. are saying it for whole different reasons. But that feels quite new. I find that a little bit one-sided because in a sense there is this reaction is, it kind of takes a whole chunk of human, you know, existence and gives it... A heterosexual title, which is just not true. I mean, I th I think there's a lot of people that uh, heterosexual, gay, and everything else that choose to have kids, and there's those that don't want a family. And it really is very subjective whether it works for you or not, mm. and whether you've created um, the environment for yourself in which you, you want to add a child or children. It's it's so personal. But to calling it a kind of a heteronormative behavior just means that you are you you decide that there's a whole range of behaviors that you preclude yourself from it. And you know, we use the word family in such a diverse set of circumstances. Yeah. Uh, we can use the you, the word family with children in the same kind of range of circumstances. Weddings for me are much more. There is something about the the ceremonies that I find more, but there's no ceremony to having kids. It's just, a, mm, yeah, and it's fucking hard work <laughs> much of the time. There's not, there isn't really. It's not just about kind of taking and taking it, you know, the the best out of a world that you don't really feel that you totally belong to. It's about it's a, it's a life choice that is immense, 
with lots of positives and lots of negatives and it's just so all gray area really yeah so why would you do that if it was kind of uh you know i i think it's a much more complex thing it's a much more there's a range of things that involve with parenting and there and i'm 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 loving that there's just so many ways of bringing up kids at the moment yeah and and also so many ways you can define what a family is like we never really hung out with our extended family all that much. I love all my cousins, but we just didn't because we were the only family if, of all of our families who are in London. So we've yeah. always had Christmases of always, and all of that has always been with friends, actually, who've been more like brothers and sisters to me. Totally. Than, you know? Totally. And I think like for us, we have friends that are essentially our kids are kids to them, even if they don't have kids. Mm. So the fact that Max and Flynn are, we've got the, you know, the parental order, the, the coveted parental order <laughs> over there. Most does of the it, time. <laughs> most of the time. Uh, doesn't mean anything about what they see in the world as their, you know, as their extended family. There would be people yeah. that are uh, biologically related to them and others that are not and, and others that are just really come into their lives on a haphazard basis and then leave and mm. i think it's just so much more in tune with reality to not not decide in advance what is what is our family and who belongs and who doesn't because life is just too strong too too dynamic and it yeah. makes its own rules a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And and I, I know you've been asked many times, like, as a gay parent, do you have you experienced animosity? And you have not. But I I suppose when I hear people ask you that, I think the more relevant question is like, have you felt support? Mm, yeah, I I really, and I feel I'm an extremely privileged because I think the life that Carl and I live in North London is not something that can be replicated in so many other places around the country or the world. So I, I, when I say I haven't experienced animosity, I never claim that that is a universal truth. You know, I, I, I know for a fact that that's just not true for many other places, but we are, we're good and support I think the only support that I feel that I need to receive is that full acceptance. I mean, that's the only, and, and so in our, in this, I've never felt in any way judged or that it has changed anything about the dynamics with, with other parents in the school mm. or, or the nursery. Um, the, the, the moments that where it, where it becomes, uh, slightly awkward, but it just, it's just awkward. It's never, worse than that is where you when people come and ask you questions like you know technical questions and it's a bit awkward for them because they go like oh so um my kid asked like what should i say to my kid when they ask how come 
Max and Flynn have two dads and oh, where's the mom? There is just kind of these biological factors. They just want to know the ins and outs of it. You know, mm. kids are just very direct and they're asked. Uh, so this is the, the, that's the moment where you have to dis- make some decisions. How do I, what do I say? And we've always equipped our kids with really strict, clear answers about what they're, even before they could understand what a surrogate meant, what an mm. egg and a semen means, you know, and like sperm, they, we just use those terms. Mm. And so now they give those answers, you know, oh, we had an egg, we had a, we had a sperm and we have an egg and we put them together and, <laughs> and, uh, and we have a surrogate and we had an egg donor. So that, that makes it much easier when I could say, Max, tell them, you know, explain, <laughs> you know, really tell them how it works. <laughs> and, and then you get this generation of kids that are really, and I mm. think that will actually, that's really good for, for the next stage where, They'll have to deal with, you know, like a sexual education and they've got like some of the basic tools to, mm. to talk about those things because we've always been very um, clear that they need to know, you know, I, I would never have kept anything. And, and demystify it. Yeah, because there's just uh, nothing wrong with anything that we do. I mean, so, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just if yeah. you just talk about it. I mean, Max asked me once, you know, so how does it really work? Like, how do you actually perf the fertilized egg into the surrogate? And does she swallow it? And, you know, that was just the question. And it's very nice. It's it's perfectly fine, you know, for a four-year-old to ask, how does the fertilized egg go into the surrogate's body? And you, you kind of explain a bit of the biology of it. And again, there's just nothing wrong with that, you know. Yes. There's a doctor, there's a clinic, he puts it in, you know, it goes through the vagina, you know, it's like it's a bunch of things, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with those things. So you have to just tell them as they are. Yes. In addition, I was thinking about the growing number of LGBT parents. And have you seen Tan France from Queer Eyes? campaign around no uh, around feeding young babies and trying to remove the stigma about breast milk and trying to say yeah, f- formula yeah, I, i'm aware um, of this of this debate and those yeah yeah it's from a very comfortable place where i sit i don't think and nobody has ever ex- expected us to be able to offer breast milk to our children so everybody mm. was very okay formula but there is something about that notion there is one way of feeding your kid that can become quite oppressive mm. and i think uh, actually gay men are the least victims of this situation i think it's like women in general are much more stigmatized for this because they have the option in mm. theory to be breastfeeding and i know a lot of women that have felt very oppressed by this it's mm. almost like we're forgiven. I feel very, very privileged for a lot of things that just by not being, none of us is a woman. And I think we're not judged in many ways uh, that women, mm. gay or straight, are judged uh, mm. for being one way or another. Breastfeeding is just one of a plethora of, of behaviors that are expected. And, and it could be really oppressive and awful for some women. What am I, as if I'm lucky enough for what I'm doing to work yeah what am i unprepared for (laughs) (laughs) i tell you what you're unprepared for you're unprepared for your offsprings to be to have a mind of their own yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think that is a very very i don't know that is for me as someone who just has things under control you know Mm -hmm. um (laughs) 
I certainly don't have things under control. It's really, so maybe you will just go with the flow, but. No, I'm uh, not. I'm terrible. I'm a very anxious person. So I yeah, need to. So maybe not, but it's just that kind of thing that, um, and they're not even talking about a mind, mind, even before they have a mind of their own. It's just behaviors. And, you know, just, there's a lot of stuff that happens that you cannot fix or, or have anything to do with. And, um, you know, kids go through things, you know, crying and anxiety and, um, and, you know, and eat, wanting to eat or not. Those are just things. And I'm trying really hard not to kind of think that something wrong with me or with them when they happen. But the immediate reaction is when a baby cries or when the baby can't sleep or later on when they're a bit unhappy at school or have now, you know, feel out you know, outsider in the group or whatever, everything that we all feel yes. and everybody has. Not to, not to think that there's something going wrong. Apologize mm. it. I need to fix this because I just want to fix everything in my life. I think like, <laughs> you know, like, let me just fix that for you. And that's like the worst thing you can do. And mm. I struggle with that a lot, not having to fix my kids' issues. You know, it's just issues are good. You know, it's good to have issues and it's good to go through them you know, struggle at school, struggle socially, you know, I'm not talking like awful, but just the normal things that happen is in development. Learn the tools, right? You Learn know. the tools. Yeah. And just life is really hard in general. So you want to be kind of prepared, you know, you're not always going to have, you know, not everybody's always going to love you. It's awful. Mm. It's an awful truth. Well, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just quickly before we end, I just wanted to ask you, you were saying there's a lot more queer families in, in Israeli families. And is that Tel Aviv or is that everywhere? Or Tel Aviv, but just generally. I mean, I, 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 we're not talking about Orthodox, but Jewish secular, which is where I come from. Mm. Uh, yeah, like a lot. It's, you know, it's almost like I've got some gay friends in Israel that don't have children and they they feel that they've been outnumbered and kind of they go like, what's going on here? This is not the world. That is not what I was promised as, as a young gay man, that everyone around me will have kids. It's a, it's a little bit of a thing almost because, really? yeah, well, in, in Israeli culture, which I think is a very Jewish thing, there's almost something wrong with you if you don't have a child. You know, right. it's like, um, you know, it, it's, yeah, I mean, again, there's a, there's a lot of stereotypes going on in this conversation happening, but uh, it's what it's much worse for your child to be straight and, and, and childless than to be gay and have children in your mother's eye, in their Jewish really? mother's eye. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's a lot of truth to it. So the wor the worst thing that can happen to a Jewish mother is, used to be that having a gay son or daughter, son more because girls can have babies in other ways, is not having him not having children that really? was that is just like the, i don't care what he does but just as long as he has children you know really <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 that is a very jewish th reaction i'm afraid to say and <laughs> um so i think but in general so so i don't know if it's the result of that particular behavior of mums but uh many many gay men in israel have children and women as well gays lesbians and trans, I mean, they, they do have, they just have children much more. Interesting. Yeah. We've just had another gay family, a, a gay men 
family come into a school uh, this oh, wow. year. And we had a lesbian family as well. But now it's the, the other uh, gay in the village, in our little village. And oh, we wow. are uh, kind of shocked and slightly outraged. <laughs> so, have you, so I thought there would be loads. Is there no, not? I think it depends. No, no, no there are I, loads. There are you friends with them? Have you had? Yeah, we have made friends with them because our kids went to the same nursery before, so we've made friends before. And Uh, you need somewhere for the kids to go on a Thursday night as well to try and expand out this free time. (laughs) Yeah, because we haven't covered Thursday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'll have to do. I can do weekends. I'm happy. (laughs) Yeah, wait until you get your your own baby, and then we'll Well, see. Well, you've let me know you're free on a Friday night, so I'll be dropping mine round. Ah, what a wonderful man. I just love his openness. I love his warmth. I love his able to have a giggle. And, you know, let's not forget that man runs an absolute empire and he's soft and gentle and calm. I'd love to see more and more of that in whatever field of work. Not everything has to be like a military operation. Uh, Things can be soft, calm, loving, inclusive, diverse. And that doesn't mean you're not getting it right. And I think he leads like that from the top of this incredible atmosphere that he's created, talking about collaborating with all the other chefs to make, for example, his book or his other books and stuff. It's such a lovely, open, warm-hearted way that I'd love to see permeate across more of cookery. I know there's plenty of it. But yeah, what a wonderful man. Thank you so much for listening to that. I had such, I just felt nourished after it. I hadn't even eaten anything. Didn't make me any food. Well, we were over Zoom, let's be honest. Yeah, and gave lovely lovely advice about having kids i need to get my sleep in now don't i listeners anyways let us know what you think about that interview write to us hello at homo sapiens podcast.com at homo sapiens on instagram visit us on facebook at homo sapiens podcast on facebook cannot wait to hear from you all cannot wait to see you next week very exciting episode next thursday listeners love you loads take care 